All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Friday, hockey fans. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He is our prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis. Mr. Ellis, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's snowing. You're coming into a snowstorm. I'm excited. Hey, it's also snowing in Edmonton, so I'm just simply flying from one snowy area to another. Does not phase me, but yes, I'll be in Toronto tomorrow night for McDavid versus the Leafs. It's going to be an excellent weekend of hockey we have some breaking news to get to, Mr. Ellis. Earlier this morning, the Philadelphia Flyers making the announcement that Chuck Fletcher, he gone as GM of the team. He was hired back in 2018, and there is a laundry list of errors and fumbles, in my opinion. And we're going to break them all down to kind of kick this thing off, Stephen. I mean, you look at the trades he made, none of them stand out as overwhelmingly positive. Ryan Ellis for Nolan Patrick. That didn't really work out. Attaching a second-round pick just to get rid of Shane Gostas spare. Well, he turned his career around as soon as he left Philadelphia. Giving up a first and a second in Robert Hag for Rasmus Ristolainen. That one didn't work out either. There was just never really a situation, it feels like, at least in my opinion, where Fletcher had this team on the right track, Stephen. He was just kind of the beacon of mediocrity when you look at it. And obviously, a lot of... It wasn't just a trade deadline. It is interesting that they fired him basically a week after that very unsuccessful trade deadline. And you look at how mm-hmm. they couldn't get anything for JVR. And there's reports they were looking for just like a third or a fourth round pick. You tell me you couldn't get that for JVR? I, I don't get that one. And, you know, th- this is a group where a couple years ago, you look at that playoff run in the bubble. It kind of looked like maybe, you know, like they, I-, I thought there were some signs that this team could take some 
some next steps and see what they could do. And they never were able to do that with the talent they have. Like, I think this has got to be one of the most underachieving teams based on the talent level. And um, it just, I, I, it doesn't seem to matter what they were doing. It wasn't working out and he wasn't doing enough to address this team. Um, they've got a, just a mediocre prospect pool. They've given you look at the on ice product. It seems like everyone's underwhelming. It doesn't matter who the coach is. So uh, it, it's a situation where I'm, I'm not surprised they made the change. Uh, it's good that they're going to be moving on and, and starting fresh heading into the draft heading into the summer but man that i think it was kind of like a ticking time bomb after last week when he was uh he just didn't do anything the deadline and then there's quotes coming out on how he was using like an app to help like him make, figure out trades and stuff and people are making jokes like oh are you doing like nhl 23 to figure this stuff out it's like like what's with some of these moves you've made i don't get it um some of the fault like ryan ellis like it's it's a shame that that kind of didn't work yeah. out because he was a good player and it made a lot of sense, but just it, it just a terrible era for the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, and uh, Teresa in the chat says, "What took so long for Fletcher?" And it really feels like this has kind of been coming for a while when you consider just how many moves have kind of been fumbled by him in this Flyers front office. And again, we rattled off some of them, but you look at the contracts now that are sitting in that organization that might be a little bit difficult to get rid of. And as we turn to kind of what's next for the Flyers now, it's worth noting Danny Briere has been named the interim GM of the for the organization. We'll see if that's something that ends up sticking. But Stephen, or yeah, Stephen, whoever does end up taking over this team, I mean, you have the long-term deal given out. I mean, the guys on IR, that's going to be tough with Couturier and Atkinson. But you look at moves like Ristolainen, and D'Angelo's got another year like, there's money on the books here, and that makes any rebuild very, very difficult. So, well, who, I mean, maybe they won't even commit to a rebuild. That's how confused I am by the state of this organization. Yeah, look at the team here. They got one first-round pick this year. They don't have a second-rounder this year, and they've traded away their own third-rounder, and they got a couple others there. But this is not a team that's like built like ready for the rebuild. Like when you see those contracts, you see the long-term deals for Hayes and and Farabee and, and Law. Like it looks like this team was built to be good for a couple of years. So I still think there's potential for that to happen. Um, but obviously, like something's got to change. They got that guy, but it's not like a coaching change when you make a coaching change and the team starts to react differently, play differently. This is a GM and in, in, in Breer in the interim or whoever ends up taking a long-term is going to have to be aggressive if they want to make this work. And I think, again, I, I like some of the court. They just, they got to, it's, it's the rest of the lineup. They got to figure out at this point. Yeah. And, and I do like that point you made and someone kind of shot back and said, they're not that good. Like you're overrating the pieces they have. But I mean, you look at a guy like Joel Farabee, 23 years old, has some mm -hmm. successful seasons under his belt. Ivan Provorov, I mean, maybe a little overrated, but still a top four D man who's just 26 years old. And I mean, arguably one of the hardest pieces to get if you were a GM coming into this job is a franchise goaltender. And they appear to have that at least in Carter Hart. I didn't mention Travis Konechny or Travis Sanheim. And both those guys are signed long-term as well. I don't think we're looking at a very long process here to make the Flyers a contender, but it might be a difficult process. Like we saw Kevin Hayes up near the top of Frank Saravalli's trade targets board for three more years after this one at 7.1 million. Okay, can they maybe get a haul for Kevin Hayes this summer if they're willing to keep some money and I mean we'll see you mentioned dealing a second round pick not having that this year not having a second round pick next year either I mean those are also things that hurt because that's prospects you're not adding into your system or if you want to look at them as bullets to improve the team you have less picks for trade I 
Is this a could you see the Flyers flipping this thing quickly and being back in playoff contention 12 months from now? Or do you think this is a three, four year process? Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I want to say it's a three, four process, but they, you're still going to have to, like if Farabee wants to be there as, you know, there was a rumor yeah. that maybe there was a trade there. I think so. Like that's a key piece there. I still have a lot of belief in Carter Hart. You know, he's still 24. Uh, a lot of goalies are still just getting their starts at this point. Um, so it's been a rocky start, but I think he's still capable of it. Uh, and, and then, you know, I'm hoping to see a bit more to Cam York. I like Owen Tippett a lot. It was nice to see Tyson Forrester. So they've got some pieces there. Uh, it's just like, how aggressive are they going to be? Are they, you know, here's a crazy question. Do they flip one of their first round picks in the next couple of years? This year, you'd get really good value for it. I don't think that's the right decision, but could they start dangling that? Perhaps. It'll be honestly really interesting to see kind of how whoever they hire next, what kind of leash they're given, right? If it's if it, if the model from ownership is a hey, make us a contender as quickly as you can, then yeah, maybe it is going to be something crazy like that. If the model is no, do this right, try to build a sustainable long-term contender, then this might be a situation where it'll be a lean couple of years for Flyers fans as they try to surround that young core you mentioned with some quality pieces. Let's talk about, I mean, JVR. That was probably the straw that broke the camel's back mm -hmm. to a certain extent. He didn't get moved at the deadlines even. Let's talk about some guys that did get moved, though, and some early returns. And there are a lot of players who have stepped in and fit right into their new teams. And for me, I'll go first because I watched them last night in the game against the Oilers. Man, does Dmitry Orlov ever look good, Steven? He's got to be one of the guys people are looking at. Yeah, he's the number one guy for me, you know. I, just kind of watching him the last few games and just seeing the way he's smiling, it just look he looks so happy to be there. You go from a situation where, you know, he's playing with some good guys in, in Washington, obviously. He was part of that cup run, but he's playing on a team that's like again, one of the strongest teams you've probably ever seen. They're looking so good right now, and he's playing key minutes. He's playing on the power play. He's got nine points in six games. Like this is a guy that doesn't put up a ton of points ever, so that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, so I'm I'm liking what he's doing there. He's playing the best hockey of his career, uh, and. The one guy I also like to mention there is Rasmus Sandin, a guy who actually kind of, I won't say he took his place, but he's out there playing in Washington this year. Uh, I was very high on his play through junior, through the AHL, then his time with the Leafs. I thought there was a good potential there. He was kind of just, you know, he's a guy who plays on the left side, kind of just got lost, played some on the right side, and then the Leafs kept adding defensive depth, and he was just the odd man out. But I think that he's going to be someone that's, a huge player for the Capitals long term. Um, he's thriving there right now. I think he's got like five points already in three games. Uh, and he's going to be playing on a team that still has a few years of playoff contention left. Uh, so I like him there. But those are the two guys that I've been really impressed with. And our guy Colton Davies in the chat made the joke, but it's Dimitri Bobby Orlov right now with the production that the Bees have been getting from him since he joined the lineup. And you know what I find interesting as I give my answer here, Stephen, is remember in the last couple of deadlines, like David Savard goes to Tampa Bay. They mm -hmm. paid a ton for him, and he was just kind of average, right? And then Ben Chirac goes to Florida, and that move didn't really work out. He did not live up to the price they paid. But now you look at this year. Orlov looks great. And I'll go with a couple more defensemen that have fit in seamlessly. Jacob Chikrin scored again last night. Two goals, two assists in four games since joining the Ottawa Senators. That has been a dream fit for them, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. We talked earlier in the week about how important it is for organizations like the Sens and the Sabres to find guys who want to be there. Find guys who take a lot of pride in putting on that sweater. Chikrin has been perfect. And in Edmonton, Matthias Ekholm. I mean, he's come in. He's made life easier for Darnell Nurse, who had really struggled 
struggled through the first couple months of the season. He's now been that perfect veteran D partner for Evan Bouchard, who's played his four best games of the season since Ekholm slid into the lineup. It's interesting. Over the past couple of years, there was the notion that oh, maybe defenseman at the deadline isn't something you want to pay a premium for. But you look at this year, Orlov, Ekholm, Chikorin, they have all been worth the price, if not more. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like the trade market obviously this year was was very busy, but it was also strange with some of the values that were going out there. But to see that this year was kind of the year of the defenseman, uh, that's kind of fun because in a year where Patrick Kane and Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly were traded, it's, we're looking and talking about the defenseman here that are the ones shining. And I like to see Patrick Kane step it up. It feels like, you know, he goes out of a system he was so used to, played his entire career. Um, plays in maybe a bit more of a crowded offensive system than he's had to in a few years and is not looking great. But then you look at the defensemen all around and like this has been fun. So again, Orlov, I'm glad to see him have, again, I don't know if I've seen him smile like he is right now. He's having such a yeah. good time because the team's just flying. Now, last night was a bit of a different story near the end, but uh, uh, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing from there and, and Chicken, of course, too. Yeah, and Barra, our friend in the chat, like Tuck and Buffalo, finding those players is so valuable, tying that in to the Chikrin thing, and I could not agree more. It is a Friday, Mr. Ellis. That means it's time to crack open a cold one and dig into our buy a beer segment. I'm still waiting for Frank to allow us to actually crack one in this segment and enjoy a beer, even though it's only 10, 15 a.m. Mountain Time for me, but still. Uh, but who are you buying a beer for around the hockey world? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Arizona Coyotes goalie Ivan Provetsov, and he's someone that I really loved watching him play in Saginaw a couple years ago. I thought, you know, I, I, he was a fourth-round pick in 2018 and was, like, almost immediately kind of, like, ready to go play pro hockey. And he bounced around a lot. He played in Russia. He played at different levels of junior hockey and then gets thrown into the AHL. I thought he looked really good. And last night he finally went out there and got to win his first game. 39 saves, looked great. Um, he's played with the, uh, the Tucson Roadrunners this year. I've liked him a lot this year and kind of like the, the Arizona Coyotes, you know, doesn't play a ton, but uh, or doesn't get a lot of defensive support, I should say. But uh, I've liked yeah. what I've seen from him in his pro career. And um, I don't think he's a starter material, but I think there's some, there's some good value there. And Arizona, I will say, has been able to get some pretty solid goaltending the last couple of years for a team that continues to not be good. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the goalie theme for mine and watching or looking through the box scores yesterday, it stands out that Eric Comrie gave up 10 goals and it was a bit of an unfortunate situation because, you know, he had allowed five through two periods. It was 5-2. Maybe you're like, ah, oh, the game is still in reach. He hasn't exactly been lit up yet. So they bring him out there for the third period. And then in the final 11 minutes of that hockey game, the Dallas Stars score five more times and they don't yank Eric Comrie. He sits in there for all 10, a game that will kind of kill his numbers for the season when you give up a 10 spot in one appearance. Granted, he did face 49 shots on goal, but all those things considered, man, I felt bad for an Edmonton native and Eric Comrie last night, having to sit there and endure sort of the red light going off every couple of minutes. Like they scored five goals in seven and a half minutes or something crazy like that. And, and that's a tough situ situation to be in for a goalie when it's that late in the game. Uko Pekalukkanen was the backup. They probably didn't want to just bring him in cold for the final, what, eight minutes of that hockey game. So it was just a snowball of misfortune tumbling down the hill. And Eric Comrie uh, really kind of took it on the chin. So an unfortunate night for Eric Comrie between the pipes. Steven, yeah, you got a goaltending pass. You can sympathize with a guy like Comrie. Well, again, I've, I've had to play against uh, Connor McDavid in ball hockey, and I know what it's like to allow 10 goals. Uh, so, uh, yes, unfortunately, I, I know exactly what that's like. 
yeah, an unfortunate night for uh, the goalie union with Eric Comrie between the pipes. And not ideal. You know, it is ideal. Our friend Nick Alberga, he's ready to go with a little fantasy hockey talk. Let's get into it. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Always a pleasure to welcome our friend Nick Alberga into the show. And Nick, there are probably some fantasy owners really sweating right now as they get ready for the playoffs some of them might have Kirill Kaprizov on their roster, and that injury came at a bad time from a hot fantasy hockey perspective. If you're an owner who has Kaprizov and you're looking to replace that production or at least try to replace some of it, who should you be looking at? Well, first and foremost, great to be with you on this Friday. It's snowing in Toronto again. I can't wait for the spring or the summer, whatever season you want to throw me. That's not winter, guys, but uh, great to be with you. Yeah, the pitchforks are out for Logan Stanley and St. Paul right now after that uh, that pancake hit, whatever we want to call it. But that's unfortunate news for Kirill Kaprizov. That's It's pretty much going to take him out for the fantasy playoffs, which hurts because he's a bona fide top 10 pick. He's your stud in your draft. And now, all of a sudden, you're not going to have them when it matters most. But I think lost in the shuffle, too. The Wild have been impeccable. They're 9-0-2 in the last 11 games. They hit the under every night, which is great from a betting point of view. Internally, I think the 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 guy to pick up right now in favor of Kaprizov being hurt is Sam Steele. Looks like he's been promoted to that top line. I would look externally, however. Uh, there's a lot of hot wingers right now. Jared McCann, he's lost 11 games, 7 goals, 7 assists, 14 points. He's on a 40-goal pace right now, plus, which is scary. Uh, Gabe Velarde, after that slow start to his season, he's really starting to cook again five goals in his last seven outings. And Jason Zucker with the Pittsburgh Penguins has seven goals in his last six. So fortunately enough, there are some guys who can produce. They're all short-term options. Don't forget about that. So you look at Connor Hellebuck, and there's a good story from Mike McKenna on Daily Faceoff about it, how he's just not playing great right now. And he's hasn't even hit the 50 game mark, but it looks like fatigue has kind of set in and yeah. you look at it, you know, he just won a game a couple of nights ago against the Oilers, but he's still allowed five goals. So is this kind of a fatigue thing for him? You think? 
Well, I implore the Winnipeg Jets first and foremost to go out there and get a reputable backup goalie. With uh, with all due respect to No Save Dave, uh, otherwise known as Big Save Dave, but you can't be named that if you don't make any saves. I'm sorry to rip on David Riddick. Uh, 19 appearances, a 906 save percentage. So that's actually like just below league average. But I think when you have Connor Hellebuck, you have to find a way to get him some more rest spots. I think you look at some of the other goalies in the league. Some of the other coaches have patterns. I know I own Andre Vasilevsky. He starts three, takes one off. You don't very you don't see that very much with Hellebuck. Whenever they have a meaningful game or whatever, or a back-to-back, like there's an opportunity, there's a chance he plays in the back-to-back. So to your point, we are seeing fatigue. I would just love in the long haul to see some protection for Hellebuck. And and that's really the story nobody's talking about. I believe he has one year remaining in his contract. It's going to be a dicey offseason with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I, I think if you're looking to spell Hellebuck or feel more comfortable putting him on your bench right now, there's a variety of goaltenders, guys, that are on fire right now. Uh, Philip Gustafson, since the All-Star break, I know he's hovering around 70% owned in, in leagues, in standard leagues right now, non-keeper. But he's 6-1-3 since the All-Star break, a 1-3-1, 9-5-6, two shutouts. Pyotr Kachekov gets called up again. All he does is rack up a 19-save shutout. I'm not sure how much he's going to play with with uh, you know Freddie Anderson still in the mix there. Fortunately, there's a guy like Eunice Corpusala with uh, with LA two for two so far, two point zero one nine twenty nine, and I think down the depth charts is even like a Jonathan Quick who's won his first two outings, two point nine two and nine zero eight. So lucky for all of us uh, who, especially the ones who own Connor Hellebuck, there are other options right now out there. You mentioned it earlier. It is fantasy hockey playoff time, and something you need to pay attention to is just how often your own players are playing. So, uh, Mr. Nick Alberga, can you give us some insight into this week's schedule? Well, so I made a shirt, someone make a trade. I need to make one for schedule manipulation, just as schedule manipulation, because that's all I, I strive for in the fantasy playoffs. So I think you look forward to week one. I know a lot of you might not be in your playoffs just yet, but some people are in their fantasy playoffs starting next week. You want to look at the four-game teams. If you want to handicap teams to pick up ads from Boston, Buffalo, Colorado, Columbus, Dallas, Montreal, Nashville, Devils, Rangers, Tampa, Toronto, Vancouver, Washington, Winnipeg, as you see on your screen right there, I would look at those 14 teams specifically because they have four-game slates to pick up guys from. And conversely, I would stay away from Detroit and Florida because of their two-game slates. So depending on your league and your roster size, I would look at guys like Carter Verhage and, and Anthony Duclair. Everything outside of maybe the big boys in Florida, uh, namely Kachuk and Barkov, I, I would cut. Uh, I think it's it's time to win right now, not not the future. You can't look at it that way. So I, I like schedule manipulation this time of year. Schedule manipulation. I like that term, Nick Alberga, and I enjoyed your analysis today. Best of luck in your fantasy hockey playoffs, and we'll chat again next week. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Happy Friday. Time for our daily face-off inbox question, Stephen. Hashtag AskDFO is how you can send them in. And it was a pretty wild night in the NHL last night. You had the Boston Bruins blowing a lead at home and losing in regulation to the Oilers. You had the Dallas Stars pumping home 10 on the Buffalo Sabres. The question is, which result was the most surprising to you? Oh, I'm going to the Boston loss. You know, I was at a restaurant with my dad watching that game, and we're just talking. It's like, oh, my God, Boston just looks so good. And that's where we talked a lot about Orloff there and looking at the goaltending. It looked fine. And, and at that point, we just said, okay, game's over. Good. We start focusing on something else. Don't even pay attention. 
get home, look at the stats, like what in the world just happened? So, uh, you know, tough one for Boston. Uh, but, you know, you're, I just want to – like obviously going out there and losing to the Edmonton Oilers, a team that's pretty determined to move up the standings right now of two of the best players in the world, might not be that shocking. But just to see kind of Boston just kind of fall apart like that was, was something you just don't see. It's the first blown uh, relegation or regulation lead they've had this year. That's tough. Yeah, um, I was going to say the 10 spot because it's always eye-opening when you see a 10 spot on an NHL scoreboard. But I've, you know, Eric Comrie's taken enough abuse. I don't need to go back there. I'm going to agree with you on that Bruins game just because it was 2 nothing at the end of the first period. And I even tweeted, I said, this is a write-off of a game for the Edmonton Oilers because I'm looking at the fact, and I have the numbers right here, heading into that game last night, the Bruins were 28-0-1 when they led after the first period, 35-0-2 when they led after the second period, and now there is a one in that middle column because of that comeback by the Edmonton Oilers. Jim Montgomery saying after the game flat out, the Oilers were the better team. I would almost argue against that. I don't think either team had their best last night. It was a bit of a low-scoring, sloppy affair. Mm -hmm. But seeing the Bruins finally show a mark of imperfection, that was the most surprising result on last night's slate. Also, you had the Ottawa Senators pulling off a win barely holding on against the Seattle Kraken as well. So a big win for the Sens in the Eastern Conference playoff push. Just a two-game slate tonight. You got Chicago in Florida and Anaheim in Calgary. And that brings us to our daily face-off DFO best bets. And I got a couple of parlays last night. I had two plus money parlays. Hit on one, lost on the other, but that still means we were profitable. Tonight, I think the favorites will roll, and I'm playing Calgary and Florida together to get them at a nice even plus 150 on the parlay, courtesy of our friends at Points Bay Canada. Sergey Bobrovsky has been lights out. Jacob Markstrom has been lights out, and I think those trends will continue against two teams that just haven't scored very much all season long. Give me Calgary, Chicago on the puck line, played together to get a little extra juice in there, and also I'm taking the Blake Coleman shot prop in this game. It's set at two and a half, paying minus 140. This guy was crushing it for over a week. He'd hit it in five games in a row, but he missed last game. So I like him in a bit of a bounce back spot. The other thing I like about it in those five games that he hit, three, three, five, four, five. So he was hitting it by two or three shots in some instances as well. I like taking Coleman over two and a half shots at minus 155 right there, courtesy of our friend. That brings us to garbage time. What do you got? Well, this might be the most obscure garbage time topic, but I want to give some love to Kyrgyzstan. Uh, they are a Division Three World Championship team, and they played the Division Three B tournament this year, which is the second lowest. Um, so they've won every World Championship they've ever played in, uh, even if the records say otherwise. And that's where it gets interesting. So they just went 5-0 and in Division Three B tournament. Uh, and they scored their biggest win ever of 22-0 over Malaysia. And I watched that game. It was not very good. So, you know, 10 goals in one game for Dallas, cool, but that's not 22. Uh, so they absolutely trampled over everyone. Uh, they had a 71-goal differential in five games this year, 62 last year. So they're just dominating everything they did. But they also dominated the 2019 tournament. But it turns out the IIHF actually ruled that they had an illegal player. Now, that meant they had to forfeit all their games, and when they had that tournament won, they instead came last. They weren't promoted. Nothing happened. But it turned out the IIHF in the end said they actually made a mistake, and the player wasn't or was eligible, and they had filled all the requirements for that, but they did not give them the opportunity to move up. They did not change the results, so they had to sit last. They then had to sit out two years due to COVID, 
came back and then I listed off how dominant they've been the last two years. So, you know, it's, it's very small team. They're not playing high level hockey. They're not playing high level divisions, but they're going out there and crushing everybody. This is a team that I think is going to continue to move up the standings. I would not be shocked if they went out there and won the division three, a championship again, not the highest tournaments, but it's some team to watch right now that they just continue to dominate at every level. It seemed like they had a chip on their shoulder. It worked out and look where they are uh, now. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back Monday at noon Eastern. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.